Yes, that is our intro music for Mayor D.C. Reeves of the city of Pensacola, who is in Sandestin this morning at the FPL annual uh, conference over there. But he's joining us by phone, as he always does. Mayor Reeves, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Andrew, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you. Um, let's start with the good news. Uh, we did the you know the ribbon cutting. You were one of literally the ribbon cutters of the uh, ST Engineering Hangar Two. And as you quite rightly uh, acknowledged in your brief comments, uh, you know this is a this is the result of work done by two prior mayors, and you just inherited the ribbon cutting, right? Right. And I, my joke was, if I was in a smaller room, you know, of course, I've got great relationships with both those mayors. I would have said, you know, they had to bring the closer in, you know, in the ninth <laughs> inning. But uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, too, too large of a room for, uh, for that joke. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, what I've been telling everybody is, well, yeah, of course, you know, this is 10 years in the making and, and again, three administrations. But um, as great as the work that we've already done with hangers one and two we've got hangers three and four so uh, um you know i'll certainly get my uh, opportunity to uh have to put some uh you know sweat and energy into um trying to continue to get this project done and, and to the level that uh has been discussed and has been visioned for so many years so i'm uh, really looking forward to that and um uh, yeah as i said the convenient you know 99 day wait uh for them to uh let me be on the stage was very appreciated and especially all the work that I know uh, Mayor Robinson had to put in when he inherited the $50 million shortfall <laughs> and had to fix that. You know, that was a lot of work in this project. Um, but maybe we don't dwell on that with Mayor Hayward in the room. You know, <laughs> I get that kind of sure. stuff, too. Um, one of the things that's just happening like right now is uh, 17th Avenue, the graffiti bridge trestle, as, or the trestle as uh, Mayor Robinson always called it. Uh, we had a near strike, but a truck apparently has backed up and, you know, saw the error of its ways before it was an error. Um, you've got that one little sign that says no trucks, um, kind of like a, like a medium suggestion. And then the off ramp says no trucks, but you guys are not done with the warnings, right? You are still working on better alternatives to try to prevent this from happening, right? That's correct. We may do see if we can get that sign to say no trucks in that voice like that. That may help, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that'll definitely get people hey, to stop. pay attention but, to me. Uh, Don't drive here. You know, I, you know, I've been joking with friends, of course. You know, people poking uh, fun, rightfully so, and saying, hey, you know, all the city's going to do is put out one sign. Just a reminder, even though I actually find a lot of those pretty funny, uh, just a reminder, that is that is something we could do in the short term. We continue to work on what we believe to be the real solution long term, which is some physical structure that will, you know, again, I always use the example of whether you're going into a parking garage or a fast food drive through you know, right. some kind of physical warning that will, you know, ping the top of a car before it, you know, opens it uh, like a can. So, um, or top of the truck. But um, I, I do want to go confirm with this person, you know, if it was that no truck sign right before that they read and been confused right before they stopped. So <laughs> he, uh, we will try to go to see if we can get PPD to confirm that. You, you can take the one win on the small uh, unobtrusive sign in the weak voice. Um, one of the things that I, that I wanted to talk with you about is, this Aldi for the corner of Creighton and Tippin, um, as you well know, because you were at the meeting, a uh, couple of, or at least one uh, fairly unhappy uh, resident right there in that vicinity says that his backyard is going to be up against this Aldi that's going to ruin his quality of life. And normally, you know, you might not think, well, one person upset is a big deal. But to me, zoning is a promise. 
Zoning is a promise to the residents where you say, hey, this is the only kind of stuff that's going to happen here. Buy your whatever, do your whatever in confidence that your neighbors are only going to ever be this. Now, of course, everybody knows zoning and future land use can change, but basically zoning is that promise. And so when we come back and tell a resident, Aha, just kidding, um, we're going to put a grocery store in your backyard. To me, that's breaking a promise. And if all the neighbors were happy, it wouldn't bother me at all. You know, if the neighbors are happy, fine. But if even one neighbor is put out that way, to me, that's their right under zoning. Persuade me that I'm mistaken in the way I'm thinking about this. Did we lose the mayor? <laughs> oh, no. Hey, mayor, are you back there? Yeah, I'm back. Oh, sorry about that. Just Did you hear my very long-winded argument? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Please. Oh, okay. <laughs> Short version is um, zoning is a promise, and you promise the neighbor, yeah. the people around that parcel, that we're not going to put certain things in or that only certain things will go in. And if all the neighbors are happy with the Creighton and Tippin Aldi, then I'd perfectly, no problem, right? That's what that's that's fine. But if even one neighbor says, my quality of life is going to be severely and adversely affected by this, well, I don't, you know, how does the city break the promise to that person and say, well, just, you know, tough for you. Um, so persuade me that it's okay to upzone or to change the flu for the Aldi, even if most people want it, if the one neighbor counted on that zoning not being that way. Yeah, and, and look, you know, that's always going to be a, a difficult because every single one of these issues, as you know, would be detailed case by case. Sure. What was the zoning previously versus what is being presented now? It's not always going to be, you know, any kind of extreme from a single family residential house to, you know, uh, a Walmart or, or something like that. Uh, it may not be that drastic. But, um, you know, I would look at it more holistically and say, what if we kept the zoning and we never reconsidered any of this for the last 50 years? Where would our community be? You know, um, a lot of things, you know, that, that have changed and evolved. And, and as a matter of fact, um, you know, we're, we're looking at taking a comprehensive uh, relook at our land development code. We haven't done that in the city in 16 years. We've band-aided and band-aided and band-aided, you know, uh, and that was well intended. But at some point, you know, you start to even lose, um, you know, what – the true aligned vision is what our community should be. So, um, you know, decisions like that are always going to be, uh, you know, difficult. And, you know, I've, I've been in this job a hundred days and I haven't had a decision yet that hundred percent of people agreed with. Um, but, uh, you know, we have to, there are decisions that have to be made that we think are for the greater good of the community. Um, and so it may not be as democratic as a 51, taking a 51, 49 vote or a 99, one vote. Um, but, um, you know, there are plenty of examples, you know, around the city that, uh, you know, the evolution of land development code uh, also, you know, brings things like jobs, brings things like, you know, access to, I mean, we have parts of our city right now that are designated food deserts that, that would do anything to have a grocery store regardless of code. So, you know, um, obviously those are tough decisions and certainly sympathize with folks that, you know, and understand uh, their concern. Uh, but, uh, those are things that, again, yeah, yeah, it, I really can't put a blanket over and say we do this because of that, because every situation and what it was before and what it's being proposed and where it's located are all going to be so drastically different from case by case.
All right. Well, I, I, I guess I would say I'm, I'm still not persuaded, but of course I'm listening, which is the reason we have conversations, right? Uh, Mayor Reeves, hang on for just a second. Let me get Canyon here with Traffic on the Fives. Taking a look at our roads, uh, we are watching a, a few backups, uh, certainly. Highway 98 showing a blockage from Dong Track to Bauer, Michigan and Esperanto. This is north of Mobile Highway showing a roadblock this morning. And 98 is backed up east of Navarre Bridge, uh, starting to congest at the junction of 87. Traffic tips, 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Uh, talking to Mayor D.C. Reeves, of course, the agenda is out now for next week's city council meeting. Um, one of the things on that meeting has to do with um, a whole bunch of sidewalk improvements, about $200,000 for sections of sidewalks scattered all over the city. Is is this remedying gaps in the sidewalk connectivity? Is that what this is? Because I couldn't make sense of the things I saw on the map. Yes, yes. You know, good question. Yeah, that this is following what our um, you know master plan, so to speak, with the sidewalk improvements is, you know, that, that has been in place uh, certainly well before I was sworn in. Um, so this is just a continuation of that plan. And so uh, to put it simply, yes, you know, you described it well. It's, this is filling in gaps at all of these areas that we know, you know, have been on our list that need improvements. Um, so uh, it's just a continuation of that process. Okay, very good. And there's also an item there uh, that I didn't get deeply into, but I was kind of curious about. Uh, there's a Bayou Tahar boat dock project. That's for the 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 um, the boat ramp that is on the like just right off of Cervantes on the east and north side of the Bayou, or well, it's the north side of Cervantes, east side of the Bayou, not Bayview Park, not at that side, but totally at the other side. What is this project for? Is it building something new, or is it just refurbishment? Yeah, it's fixing what we have. It's it's uh, you know broken now, and and you're, you that is exactly where it is. It's at the boat launch, uh, as we say, on the East Pensacola Heights side of the bayou, right there at the foot of the bridge. Um, so it's a boat launch, but there's also a dock uh, there that's been in disrepair. And you know, it's we're just trying to continue the theme of 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 taking care of the things that we have, you know, and and that being priority one. And um, you know, we'll build more new stuff as as the need arises, but we've got to take care of the stuff that we have. And so. You know, we we promised some you know our citizens about a launch and and to have a dock and, and we should you know take care of those things. So, um, so yeah, we're 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 trying to get that done and actually try to get that done as soon as the start of boat season is possible. And, and by the way, you got kudos from I think it was Jen Brer who was making the comment, but you know that uh, the city is being even more aggressive about doing appropriate maintenance because that's one of the things that I've always uh, observed here in Pensacola is you know we put a lot of things out there that we build and then we kind of like hope that we're not here in 30 years, <laughs> you know, when we have to do the, the replacement. But the maintenance is really the key to all of this stuff and keeping that cost in mind when we first put it in place. You know, it's going to cost us 300000 a day and 10000 a year to maintain right. and a budget for the replacement, right? Those That's how a business, that's how a government should be run like a business, right? It, well, I was gonna, that's a, exactly what I was going to say. When you're in business, what you realize is, you know, buy, buying you know, shiny new things is great, but but what what does the customer see? And 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 so it's easy for me to prioritize maintenance because in my past life, um, that's what we did. We, we know that what the customer sees, what the taxpayer sees, can affect their experience about living here. And and, and visitors it affects and say, hey, do they care about this city or do they not? And so it it makes it super easy for me to prioritize that because I realize the value. Maybe they don't send me an email. Maybe they don't call Andrew McKay and complain. Yeah. But, but what do they tell their friends when they go home? You know, and what do they tell their uh, their neighbors? And and so, I mean, it's got to be a priority for us. And, and I'm really proud of our team, Public Works, Parks and Rec, 
um, for, for picking the ball up and, and really getting a lot of these things done. Yeah, and, you know, it just kind of occurs to me in hearing you talk about this that, look, if you put $300,000 into a brand-new play structure at a park, people are excited about that. Um, but they're they're going to be happy as long as you keep the uh, the thirty at ten grand a year maintenance. As long as you keep them in good shape, nobody's going to sit there and think, "God, I can't believe we don't have that new exciting one." But they will notice the dilapidated thirty, <laughs> you know. And so maintenance is a good way to is a good way to keep people happy, right? Absolutely, Councilwoman Brayer and I have actually even had the same conversation, which is, we don't have to do the three hundred thousand dollar. Why don't we do a really cool? Fifty or sixty thousand dollar thing that has its own character to the park, and it's not maybe the same, you know, playground set over right. and over at ninety-four different parks. Uh, you know, it's something cool, something less expensive, and something easier to maintain. Right. We wouldn't get any complaints for that. You know, so everybody be um, happy. So that no, is, those are those are those opportunities we're looking for to make sure we can maintain. I'm I'm in support of that uh, change in orientation. All right, a, a quick lightning round. When you are operating on the computer and you have a like say a Word document or your browser window, is it maximized for the whole screen, or do you have several minimized ones that you can slide around and toggle between anytime you want? Um, they, they are not full screen, um, My man. but then I'm not good enough. I always just have to minimize and maximize. So, you know, I'm, I'm always just looking for them on the bottom bar somewhere. But I got yes, you. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a small screen. Uh, paper or digital calendar or both or more than the above? Uh, it has to be digital calendar now. I used to be paper. Got it. All digital. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, do you like dogs who slobber? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, from afar. I will pet your dog. It's good to get somebody I'll, else's. I'll, I'll, I'll own one. And last one, there's an interesting story out today about uh, a service that you can pay them to craft for you a more beautiful, elegant, and impressive signature, if your signature is ugly. Is D.C. Reeves' signature ugly or beautiful? Uh, it's not great. You know, I mean, you can make out the DCR, you know, the, the initials in my name are very helpful for you to identify. But, um, yeah, it could use some work. I could you know, send me that uh, phone number or sponsored link on Instagram where you saw that. Very good. Mayor D.C. Reeves is at the FPL conference in Sandestin this morning. Mayor, we'll look forward to seeing you back here next week, and we'll talk to you, obviously, then. Thank you so much for the time. Oh, we just lost him again. That phone connection.